You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Noonan. Uh, really quick before we introduce the guys and get to the topics at hand, um, thanks to Kristen for having me on um, uh, As Goes Wisconsin again uh, this week. It's a super fun show, super good. Everybody should watch it uh, and listen to it, and uh, it's uh, very enjoyable. And uh, to answer Aaron, Aaron's Twitter question really quick, the pie is the answer. I'll leave it at that. You you know who you are. Um, all right, so... <laughs> Um, uh, so we just uh, lost to the Eagles in in a game effort, let's call it, um, and we play the Bears next week, and this is a good, uh, a, a nice little tweener spot because we just gave up the fifth most rushing yards to a quarterback um, uh, in the history of the NFL, and we will be facing the quarterback, maybe, who has the first, uh, first um, most rushing yards by a quarterback in the regular season in NFL history next week if he plays. So a uh, nice little nice little join there and everything. So, so people to watch out on. So first of all, to help me talk about the Eagles and the Bears in Urban Wauwatosa. We have- hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And I've been wondering all day, uh, this is a different kind of football. But if you knew Paul or, or Tyler Brook, who I realize hasn't been introduced <laughs> yet, but if you knew that you could score a winning goal in a World Cup match, but that you would simultaneously be kicked in a very sensitive area at absolute full velocity... Would you do it? Would you take the glory for the pain? <laughs> uh, oh, huh. It's, it's, it's a harder question because it, it implies a lot of other things, such as I have the skill level and athleticism of a World Cup soccer player. Yeah. Well, so, let's assume that. Of course you do. Yes. And and I think, I think yeah, I think I'm down for that then because uh, – uh, I would I'd like the powers that come with that. And as much as that hurts in the moment, um, uh, you know, you'll get better. And Christian Pulisic is already thumb upping people in the hospital. That's good to see. Um, I'm, I'm down with that. I'll, I'll take it. I actually um, I've always been one to prefer the uh, the, the short um, fast pain to the long drown out pain. Like my chores that I like to do are all like disgusting ones that don't take that long just because you get a lot of credit for them, but it's over pretty quick. So sure. yeah, same, same principle here. I'm, I'm down. I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the shot for a world cup goal. I would, uh, I would do it for the advertising money afterwards. I would get a sponsorship yeah, yeah, yeah. with like uh, call, a, a nuts company or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, also I'm Tyler Brook and I wrote a book. Hi. <laughs> yeah, you Brooke did wrote a book. Yes. You awesome. Did. Yeah, I don't know if I would only because I know that my World Cup journey, it's not like a World Cup winning goal. It's not going to get me very far into the World Cup. I would venture to guess that might be the end for the USA, but it was still pretty sweet. And uh, Christian Pulisic is uh, is who we're talking about, of course. 
I don't know if there's like a there might be some sort of segue, you know, prolonged pain to get to the glory for the Green Bay Packers, but uh, I, I don't know what it is right now. I can't workshop on the fly, but uh, but the prolonged pain continued. Maybe there's some glory, some Jordan Love there, uh, some some long term gains there, but ooh, ooh, another another uh, another kind of bad game that they probably could have won if you look at it just right. <laughs> it's the season of that. It's the season of it. It, it was a bad game that they probably should have won anyway, and. Uh, you just can't be that bad at stopping the run. You just you just can't. Like I feel like to be this bad at run stopping, it, you need like three things. You need poor talent. You need poor schematic, uh, poor scheme or adherence to the scheme, and also just kind of like not playing that hard. You need all three. Like if you've got any one of the three, you're gonna be like the 25th best team at stopping the run. This was this was a special kind of bad run stopping that you don't see too often. And uh, I'm I'm sick of Quay Walker. I don't want to see Quay Walker anymore. Um, I know he's fast and a rookie and can develop, but uh, he was worthless as a spy. Um, he, he did the fumble recovery was nice, but he was slow, <laughs> and he's not supposed to be slow. Like that's not good either. I, I'm I'm sick of him. I don't need to see him anymore. Bring me all it's of the... Rich Passaccia's guys to play defense because they're all awesome at it. It's the scheme, man. Although, although I'm just frustrated, we have he's a freaking linebackers coach. Joe Barry is a linebackers coach, and his linebackers are horrible. Is linebackers coach just where they put the worst coach when he's? Hey there? now, hey, I know, watch I know, your mouth. I know you're one, but you're also this is your rookie season. You know, yeah, that's fair. It, I feel like it goes with my theory in that you know you are having to work your way up, and that is where you were placed as the new person to the team. <laughs> so I, I feel like this actually supports my point. Whether well, I I believe you're a good coach, Tyler, but you you are uh, you're new to this team, and you seem to have been stuck there. Maybe the maybe the Joe Barry thing is just oh, it's Joe. He's back. He's not a coordinator. Well, back to linebackers coach. Can't put him anywhere else. <laughs> Some offense taken, but I understand. As <laughs> I understand, <laughs> totally, totally fair. Uh, the the Joe Barry train, the the fire Joe Barry train is is rolling pretty hard right now, and uh, the the aftermath I found very interesting. Where Matt Lafleur would was in no uncertain terms saying we're not we not only are, well we're not making the move, which isn't surprising because you know like, we've talked about how that just doesn't really make sense at this point but that he doesn't even see the problem with the scheme <laughs> i i don't i don't know how that's possible like is he really just believing that everybody on that defense isn't executing because i i've been trying to rack my brain at this point in the season which defensive players and quay walker is is sort of an example of this too but which defensive players have gotten better from last year or even maintained you could probably argue preston smith is still what he was last year but you know the rookies are just okay the newcomers are the only flash players on this team and everyone else has backslid. And I, at some point like that's, yeah, that's execution, but over and over and over and over execution to the point where a running quarterback is, is running <laughs> all over you to, to bring up a lot of bad Colin Kaepernick vibes. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're supposed to, how, how they can look at that defensive coordinator position and say they're, they're satisfied and they, and they probably aren't satisfied, but, I'm just really surprised that uh, that that Joe Barry is still still among us, I or among us, but is is still in this. <laughs> all of their it's best, just... all of their best graded players in this game are people who have mostly been coached by people who aren't Joe Barry. Uh, Rudy Ford was PFF's highest grade. Um, Keyshawn Nixon was the third highest grade. Justin Hollins, who just joined the team on the 24th, was the fifth highest grade, and the other two were T.J. Slayton uh, and Jair, who you know Jair's floor is pretty low, and he only got a 68. So like. Uh, everybody who's good 
has very little Barry influence. So I'm with JR. I'm totally with you. Like he's not helping anybody. Nobody's developed. Nobody's taken a step forward. Uh, you could have argued Gary, I guess, but you know he's not here anymore. So that's kind of it. He's yeah, he's good. He's 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 continued to develop. Yeah. But but you look around and at some point you're just like, how, what 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 what, to, what value added is there? Like what what can you say that he's done that has contributed to the team? And I mean that was a disastrous like legendary performance by the defense against Philadelphia. That's kind of as a bad lot as it of gets. It, a lot of it felt like effort. I mean, you just saw body language and things like that. Like I think guys have just kind of quit on Barry. I mean, Jair Alexander was flexing after he, forearm shiving a guy. He for definitely like has first quit. J- Jair is just out there doing. Um, whatever, whatever he wants <laughs> that's <Yep>. it <laughs> i love this because when you say jair you always kind of sound like you're saying jr, JR and it's yeah. like jr jr has quit he's just out here doing whatever he wants <laughs> i should i should re- probably wear shades yep. for this podcast quite honestly Keep we'll get you the jair the white jair shades those yes. would be pretty glorious because, that's, that's correct yes because this podcast is this podcast we should mention that the packers in this game allowed the eighth most rushing yards of the super bowl era which oh is really something when you think about it <laughs> especially given like in the 80s people ran like 50 times a game kind of normally <laughs> and uh it's really an impressive feat in the modern nfl to do that kind of thing so uh, i'm still blown away by the stat that it showed like it was the most rushing yards the eagles have had as a franchise since 1948 <laughs> you shouldn't be setting like post-world war ii era records <laughs> that should not be happening dang guys so do we know exactly what, like specifically what what's going on with the defense? It's more importantly what they could possibly do to fix at least in the short term fix fix some of the plug some of the holes in the levy. Why why would you want to fix anything right now? Well, let's just let assume, it all burn. Let's assume we do want to win for purposes of yes. this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the Bears it's Bears week. I do want to win this. Yeah. It's Bears week. But we should we should at some point though talk about the draft because now we can actually talk about the elite prospects yeah. available in the NFL draft. But anyway, carry on. I, I do think personnel-wise, there are light up front, and they could just become heavier up front by moving a few things around. And I, I, I now think Kenny Clark incurs too much damage at nose. I, I think he goes through these ups and downs, and I think that his downs are actually related to just going up against what turn out to be much larger players double-teaming him for a lot of the season, a lot of the time. Uh, you know, you get more out of him on the edge, I think, on the at the defensive line edge, um, than you do in the middle. And like, put put Slayton in the middle. He he's huge. He's a giant yeah. person. He can occupy you know space and blockers and anchor that and let people around him do work. So uh, one way to fix it would be to make that change, and also just keep Lowry out for except for passing downs. Like that too would also be a big help. Yeah, he's not horrible at passing downs. He's got one move, and that's I'm going to run through you. Yeah. But sometimes it works. That's his, but yeah, against the run, it's awful. Yeah, that's his skill is just that. That is the only thing Dean Lowry is good at. He doesn't need to be out there for any kind of running down. And, yeah, and just get correct. just get Wyatt more snaps. Like just do it. Just put him out there. He's he pops when he's on. Like go go Clark Wyatt and then Slayton in the middle. That's you can work with that. That should that should uh, be okay. Wyatt's definitely gonna have to figure out that when he's not blocked, he cannot fly up field because someone's about to trap block him or wham and he's going to die so also true because teams have now figured that out that's on film he's gonna that's start getting attacked thing. a lot that's just a rookie thing he'll, yeah. he'll figure that out he's flashed though he like he's starting to play a little bit more and by a little bit more we made between 15 and 20 <laughs> snaps a game uh and he's doing okay like his first step is pretty dang quick and it can really uh help him win some leverage battles and then all of a sudden he's in the backfield 
Really rough here for Adrian Amos. Uh, feels oh. like safety and, and Savage went out. Savage wasn't going to be in their in their nickel package, and, and then he goes out the first opportunity he gets on the field. But you know, like Rudy Ford is the best safety on this team, and it's not particularly close. Nope. And that that's a you know, did we decide? I forgot. Was he, they traded for him? Right? He wasn't a street free agent, or he was a street free agent. Street free agent. Yeah. Yeah. free agent. yeah. Yeah, guys, that's uh, that is not what you want. Currently, really surprising. Currently, the second ranked overall safety in PFF grading, by the way. But that's of course nonsense because they're bad, and he has played two games. But just just want to throw it out. Rudy Ford's been good. Not not just uh, an upgrade over terrible Darnell Savage. He's actually been legit good. But it's it's it the safety situation's quite dire. It's not it, it's not good. Um, they've been counting on Amos for a long time and assuming Savage for a long time. And age and um, what happens when you assume have now caught up with them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a real bummer. And what about, you know, you said Jair has, has quit. Is that all it is? Because I think <laughs> it kind of looks, I mean, it's. I won't say it's a bad year for him. It's not a bad year, but he he certainly isn't the player he was before his injury and he's just i don't know he does he, for for the first time it's like he's just not big enough which which wasn't a problem before but now it feels like he's just getting bodied and he's not a difference maker he he reacts like a difference maker with his flexes and his trash talking or whatever and i, I honestly i still don't even mind that i don't mind that sentimentality but like he's just not that player either I'll uh, I'll disagree a little bit on that actually i think he's actually played pretty well every time i watch the defensive film uh, some of his interceptions are plays that like cornerbacks do not make the ways they read the route concepts and he jumps them. Uh, I think there's that one against Detroit. It was just a really special play. Like he's still got the playmaking ability. I just think schematically, like they refuse to put him in man coverage on top corners and he's disinterested because of that. Yeah. Whenever I see him screw up, it's usually because he was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. That That's the, my read on, on his, yeah. his work there. And when he cares, he's usually at least in tight coverage. He'll get mossed once in a while because of his size. That is that's true. Yeah. Um, but he's usually right in the guy's pocket, and that's all you can ask from him. So I think he's still fine. All right. Well, that that reassures me a little bit because uh, if they do get a new coordinator, and presumably they're going to have a lot of new faces on defense next year, you'd like to think they have a couple key key cornerstones in there. And uh, but, but outside of man, outside of him, like with with the Kenny Clark contract situation and. I saw they they restructured Dean Lowry, so I guess he'll probably be here next year again. I I don't I guess I never really quite know how that works, but that's he my assumption. Probably will. That is probably foreshadowing an extension somewhere else. Um, yeah. Probably either Rashawn Gary or Elton Jenkins, but we'll see. Uh, where I think we're all pulling for Gary on our side because um, who knows on Elton's health, but uh, that's that's probably why the Lowry thing happened. All right. But yeah, he'll be back because. That's how those work. <laughs> uh, if they do decide to move on from Joe Barry after the season, there's this too obvious to actually ever happen scenario developing with the Badgers shocking the world on Sunday <laughs> and going with uh, with Luke Fickle from Cincinnati as their next head coach. Great hire, but they already had Jim Leonard, defensive coordinator, who's very uh, seemed like he had the certainly the inside track to have the job. And a guy who was offered the defensive coordinator position reportedly uh, in Green Bay. So it feels like that would be a match kind of made in heaven. But I, I don't know. I don't know if anything has changed since they offered it to him. I suppose it has a little. There's always the, you know, the the spurn, uh, the, 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 the emotions that come with being spurned. So um, you do wonder a little bit if the Packers would go that route again since he turned them down. 
Um, and you know, do you wonder if Jim maybe still wants to stick around? Like, I, I know he likes the state of Wisconsin purportedly and has his family here and all that jazz. But, you know, it's got to sting a little bit to not get the Wisconsin job, too. But I do think that he was by far their front runner when they were interviewing and that we have Joe Barry as a low, low risk, low research backup. Um, and if there's they should still be interested, like nothing has happened that should change their opinion of what Jim Leonard brings to the table. It's just right there for them. So I hope that they actually do approach it that way. Um, he's young. He is, you know, an up and coming defensive coordinator, not a retread. They should do that. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like you're probably right in how you framed it, that it's the kind of thing that never really happens, and I suspect he'll probably look elsewhere. I wouldn't even be surprised if um, a different college team snipes him after the fact as well. Honestly, uh, given what Auburn did, they probably should have given him a call. <laughs> yeah, a little less problematic than Hugh Freeze. Uh, you, you in the rundown we mentioned collision low crossers again which is getting to the point that we have to drink every time we bring it up yeah it's like reversion but, uh, I mean. right the the fact that uh there were there were some people who who view him as a Petten guy uh, a mike Petten guy because he played for mike Petten uh with the jets jim leonard did you know at the you know, as his career got started but like also you know he's 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 a little a little bit different and he's i don't know i i guess i, I would have not made actually that that association with mike Petten. I haven't watched enough Wisconsin defense to have an opinion. Uh, <laughs> I get stuck watching Indiana football. I'm kidding. I only watch like three other games a year, and I'm always disappointed. Yeah. He's really a Rex Ryan disciple, and he was there with at the Jets with Mike Patton. But uh, one of the things I like about collision low crossers is that it is, first of all, very neutral in how it goes about its fact reporting, but it's very clear that Ryan and Leonard are – sort of the the implementers and the savants of the defense and that Petten is the implementer and that whenever Petten gets to take over that defense they struggle uh every all of collision low crosses is Petten got the reins for these two weeks and the Jets gave up 40 points and then Ryan came back and they gave up 12 points like that's the whole thing um and whenever Leonard's out they suffer the same issues um so um he's definitely portrayed as sort of the the big understander the big brain of the defense that they run he has been that at wisconsin uh, excepting the minnesota game that just happened <laughs> um which is its own thing uh, but i i'm i'm very confident that jim leonard is a very very solid defensive mind where mike Patton, i think is just a guy who processes a lot of tape and and reacts to what's put in front of him but doesn't have a big overarching philosophy on things read that book hmm. it's great it's still relevant to wisconsin for at least a few more weeks so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say I'm not going to be reading that book. Yeah, I just want it to be clear. Sorry. Sorry, Matub. I know you're out there somewhere making cheese. I'm not reading. I'm not reading Collision Low Crossers. I know you love it very much. Um, okay. Should we talk about the offense or are we still, do we still have anything more to say about the, the, the defense? How could they not? Like J Jalen Hurts just ran through holes the size of Mack trucks. And, and it wasn't, it did it wasn't, I mean, you guys helped me with this, but they didn't look like complicated play calls. They just couldn't stop him. They couldn't tackle him when they were near him either. It was so frustrating. I think the worst part was that he gained like 10 yards to carry on both designed runs and scrambles. And like on scrambles, Quay Walker was supposed to just have him and just couldn't tackle him in the open field. And then on designed runs, he was just really good at following his blocks. And um, we lost a lot of edge contain on those plays with guys shooting up field too much. And that just is death against a team with a mobile quarterback. Uh, so yeah, it's 
it's infuriating. It's bad. The only thing I wanted to mention before we we did move on is our backup edge guys were okay. <laughs> Both yes, in, they were. Inigbari and Hollins were actually pretty good players. Hollins is a good Raz guy, as per usual with our team. He's a he's a nine plus. Never heard of him before this week, but he played pretty well for jumping into a team, uh, um, you know, without any practice at all. Yeah, he was fun. I liked him. He, uh, I mean, he was one of the few guys that could actually catch up to Jalen Hurts yeah, when he, he was. was running. Um. Yeah, and then Enigbari just gets better every week. Like, not only has he shown a couple flashes as a pass rusher, but like his run defense, and that's where I thought he really stood out in South Carolina. Everyone was talking about his production, but like I thought he was strong as shit and he did a great job stacking blockers. Yep. And he's starting to show that part. And that's what I get really excited about. Cause that was his bread and butter in college. Um, watch out, man. I think like he's a very legitimate third edge for this team. With you on that. I love that I loved his just production stats in college and how how much those popped and how much he fell despite yeah. being so good. Like production. Oh, I was fired up on that draft pick. I'll yep. tell you what. Yeah, totally. I know Edge is an athletic position and I get why he fell, but I love when I love when outliers fall. I love it, I love yeah. it, I love it. And that's what happened there. All right, on the offensive side of the yeah. ball. Aaron Rodgers. He played through injury and then he uh then he sustained a new one. So uh, he ended up, of course, going out with uh, with Jordan Love. I thought Aaron, man, Aaron Jones looked incredible. Like he, he's catching the end zone when he was running hard. He's just, he's been, he's, he's, he's had a Pro Bowl season, has he not? I guess I don't, I don't know if the production will be there ultimately, but that's not on him. He's just, he just looks so confident running the football. Um, pretty, pretty nice year for him, I guess. And, uh, and then Christian Watson is electric again. So, uh, at least there's those developments. At least you have that this year. <laughs> and that Christian Dillon. Watson became a stud. Yeah. And AJ Dillon, yeah. Dillon played well for once, for the first time all year. Also good to see. Uh, the the good thing about Jones was he hadn't really had a good re- receiving game in a while. Um, he had been a non-factor, and he was absolutely dominant in this game. I think he will be a Pro Bowl back this year. He uh, he taps enough of the advanced stats, and his yards per carry is just like off the charts good too. Yeah, um, I think he'll he'll be there, and he'll I think he'll even get a bump for um, he for playing for the Packers for the wrong reasons this year. <laughs> uh, play for a crap team. Um, and he's not even splitting carries as much. He's going to get more than he normally does when it's all said and done. So um, that's good. But very good to see him get up the field and make some plays. They should have been doing that more than they have so far. It's been mm-hmm. it's been a weird offense. But uh, are you are you ready for my scorching hot take? Yeah, do it. I think Christian Watson makes the Pro Bowl. I love it. I love it a lot. Um, oh, well, there's there's a good number of games left, and if he keeps putting like. If he catches one big pass a game, that'll probably do the trick. Yep. Um, especially because he's on radars now, and um, he's uh, uh, he's amazing. <laughs> I think he's going to hit double-digit touchdowns at some point. It's like, oh, oh, shit. And he's making enough for the Pro Bowl to popularity contest, right? And, yeah. like, the NFL is pumping a lot of his, like, highlights and things like that. Like, he's getting a ton of buzz, uh, and that just plays a factor. He's an exciting player, and people like that. Yeah. Every score, every touchdown he scores is also just incredible to watch. Yeah, this, absolutely. In this game, he was making Eagles look slow. Um, everybody chasing him looked like they weren't NFL players, and and it was it was kind of thing like as soon as he caught it, like Tyler, I don't know about you, but as soon as he caught that ball, I was like, well, that's a touchdown. Like, <laughs> I, I, I literally, I was like, nobody's catching him running across the field full speed like that. He's gonna get the corner and he's gonna score, and he did. Um, and he's a threat every time. So I love that hot take. It's really good. We should go see what the odds of it um, gambling-wise are. So um, that's that's excellent. 
anecdotally, so fast, he makes fast people look not fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anecdotally, I feel like you're, you're talking about the way the league is kind of pimping him up a little bit. That the, there's there's always a rookie receiver that catches the the imagination of NFL fans, and maybe maybe that carries him to the Pro Bowl. I feel like I think if George Pickens was on any other team he would also be that guy because every catch, sure. every catch he makes is like a diving one-handed catch, but that's because every throw to him is just trash. <laughs> George Pickens is really good. He uh, He's just not going to end up with the counting stats because he's a stealer. I am so happy I got to see him live on Monday. For yeah. all of the awful football I saw in Colt Steelers, <laughs> I got to see George Pickens. And he uh, he got a two-point conversion and hit the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration, yeah. which I very much enjoyed. I also think Garrett Wilson's going to take off now that Zach Wilson oh, has, yeah. been, has been put out to pasture as well. That guy's amazing. Yeah. All right, so back to uh, Aaron Rodgers. He threw two interceptions. One was a weirdo deflection, and one was... Man, like it, it came at a time where I thought he was he was looking pretty good early and it looked like he was pretty comfortable and through a just confident slow pass to was that the safety who just like picked it out of the air no problem like it was a, it was wild I couldn't believe it was I couldn't believe my own eyes cuz it just looked so so assured and it was just right to the guy super weird <laughs> Uh, he aggressively threw Tyler Davis under the bus on that one Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did He did um, he got baited by Reed Blankenship on that play, and uh, yep. he deserves the the blame for that one. That was um, a ball that Aaron should have. I, I think he also. I think he was picking on a rookie a little bit too. Like uh, Reed Blankenship's an undrafted free agent who doesn't look like he would be a very good safety. <laughs> and, like Jim uh, Leonard. Like Jim Leonard. He very much like Jim Leonard, and uh, he he got him. He 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 uh, fooled him into that throw, and he made it count. Do either of you watch New Girl? No, dude. I've seen a smattering oh. of them. There's a, just a great quote from it, and all I thought of immediately when that pick was a, a white man. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was that was bad stuff. And you know what? He has got. I'm so sick of the throwing the guys under the bus. I realize that they're probably he's he's right half the time that Aaron Rodgers when he gets upset at a receiver, they probably screwed it up. Aaron Rodgers' knowledge of the playbook is is certainly better than them, but he has got to stop doing that. This is a guy who now, as of today, has has apparently brought up question questioned whether 9-11 is real to Deshaun Kaiser <laughs> on a podcast like he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore nope. he doesn't get to do that to people and are you t- like oh even if Tyler Davis were to have screwed that up you know you threw it right to the guy like there has to be an adjustment you can make you're Aaron Rodgers you know like it's, it's not all scheme and design and oh he went two feet the wrong way like you're Aaron Rodgers you you can't make it play like that you can't. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Aaron's reality is now quite suspect. That is absolutely correct. We got hints of it before, but um, Deshaun Kaiser's interview was really something. Uh, <laughs> Aaron believes in a lot of not real things. Uh, but also, it's Tyler Davis. First of all, Tyler Davis being on the field continues to be a weird thing in the first it's place. baffling. Truly it, baffling. There's a good chance Aaron's responsible for it because it's one of the reasons that unqualified people end up on the field. Um, and you have to know what you're throwing to there. Tyler Davis isn't going to make a huge cutback to break up your crappy throw and break up an interception. It's not his game. Like, Alan Lazard might do that for you. Cobb might do that for you. Tyler Davis not going to do it. You can't make risky throws to Tyler Davis. <laughs> He's terrible. So, yes, Aaron deserves scoring even if Tyler Davis screwed up. It's like, um, you know, it, it's like throwing to your worst player and then being mad that the worst player did something bad. Like, that's also <laughs> it's also your fault. For involving the worst player in the play in the first place. I just want Deguara, man. More Deguara. More Deguara. 
whenever he he pops when he touches the ball, throw him the ball. Yep. Very yeah, annoying. he must. He must. He, Aaron Rodgers must not like him for some reason or something. I don't no, know. He what's did not like him last year. He screamed at him a lot last yep. year. He's in the doghouse. All right, so we saw Jordan Love. He obviously got the touchdown to Watson. He looked okay. I don't know how you guys evaluate that. It's certainly a uh, a silver lining that people were clinging to after this. I thought he looked actually quite good in, yeah. within the flow of the offense. Yeah, it was there. very impressive. Off script was bad. Well, that's not a surprise. <laughs> his uh, the one thing I noticed, I don't think I saw this before with him when he's played, is his footwork was outstanding, like not jumping on his toes or, or anything like that. Uh, really stepping into throws, uh, I was impressed. Yeah, I will give Jordan Love uh, a lot of credit for, I think, being very coachable. When he's been out there and struggling, it's been because he's working on things. You can see him working on it. Like you can see him like literally like counting his steps on his drop back planting his feet and like being like okay plant feet and then like wheeling around and delivering on on a a strict count like uh, he has struggled a lot in the past because he's clearly been working on mechanics and just the flow and this is the first time I've seen him play where he looks like he's just going out and playing quarterback and it looks like a lot of those mechanical lessons have actually stuck um, he threw a good ball. Yeah. He threw on time. Uh, the out he threw to Alan Lazard for a first down was a phenomenal throw from the opposite hash that got there just in a millisecond. Like showing off that arm. Aaron struggles with that throw a good amount. Like that's not his wheelhouse. Um, yeah. So I was impressed. There, It wasn't perfect performance, but he looked like a, a competent NFL quarterback for like the first time ever. So everybody should be happy about it. It's something to build off of. And hopefully he'll get more opportunity to show it off in the future and uh, get some time to play once they're knocked out of the playoffs for actual real. Yeah, this is the first time where it felt like the majority of Packers Nation was really excited to see him play again. And then on Tuesday, you find out that Aaron Rodgers' injuries, which which forced him from the game, not terrible not to the point that he wouldn't be able to play against the bears and so we're probably going to see aaron Rodgers again on sunday and i th- I felt like for the first time that was the disappointing outcome now the team is four and eight so i don't know why there would be any outcome that would bring people joy one way or the other but um you know i i, I don't know i've been trying to think about like what the quarterback situation looks like going forward if aaron Rodgers is still here next year if, if it's a competition between Jordan Love and whomever they draft, if it's just Jordan Love's job, like there are there are quite a few different choose your own adventure scenarios there. Um, and it sure would be nice to get a little more data. And without without, you know, reps for Jordan Love, you don't have it. So it's still a little bit of a mystery. Yep, indeed. All right. Are we are we on questions yet? Or do we? Well, no, 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 no. We got to talk about the Bears. We got to talk. Oh, Keyshawn Nixon, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we got to mention Keyshawn Nixon. What a stud. Like uh, what? He should have been returning kicks all season. He is a prototypical kick returner. He's very fast as a straight line runner um, and just heads up field. It's uh, another one of these. Like every week we go. Why? Why has this not been happening all year? Like it, this week is Keyshawn Nixon. Every return, getting out to the 40, just, I I don't get it. This is ridiculous. He looked like if cocaine was a football player. He did. Just That's a, absolute a, unbridled chaos. Loved it. Yeah, and that confidence has not lacked from, from day one. I am sure Rich Passaccia, if he is, in fact, the reason why Amari Rodgers was on this roster as long as he was, I am sure that he would say one of my biggest mistakes was not having Nixon returning kick sooner. Yep. I bet you're right. But, I'll wonder forever if that's the case or if that was foisted on him from above. Yeah, 
Uh, exactly. More, more like Keyshawn kicks and ha ha ha. <laughs> Don't do that, Matub. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> um, no, that, no, it's it's fine. It's a fine pun. The even though even if they even if Amari Rogers was foisted on him in, in terms of being on the roster, I find it hard to believe that Basaccia wouldn't have a say over who is physically returning the kicks. Yeah, you, know, you could stash him in other ways. He's still getting. He's still occasionally on the field as a receiver. After all, that's true. That's true. Uh, we'll never know for sure. No, that's true. All right, it's Bears Week, friends. Yeah, uh, a couple couple teams in competition for one of those top spots in the draft gonna be tough to beat the bears they are uh they're in rough shape they're really in rough shape and they put together a nice run um they have been a very creative team on offense but injuries have just just destroyed them absolutely uh they lost justin fields last week uh their backups trevor simeon who is really really an atrocious backup quarterback i'm sure he's a very smart person he went to northwestern but he can't throw a football um, they just lost Eddie Jackson probably for the season with an injury on defense. They lost Khalil Herbert, their best running back, a couple weeks ago, and uh, they're a disaster. So, um, did you mention Darnell Mooney? I spaced out. For oh, I, he's I did. A, Darnell Mooney's on in, hurt as well on yes. injured reserve. Yep. So nobody to throw to. It's uh, well, I guess one guy to throw to, but that's it. So, so if the Packers lose this game, um, they're tanking. I think is the answer. That the, there's no way to lose this game except on purpose, right? Like it's, it's <laughs> or Justin Fields plays and runs for 200 if, yards. If, if he does run for like 200 yards, I guess would be the other way. But I don't think they're going to, even if he does play, they got to protect him a little bit. There's, I do listen to a smattering of Chicago talk radio here, just driving my kids around. And I, I think it was on the score, the smarter one of them where they were, they were saying for the rest of the season, since he's hurt, one of the smarter things to do would just be to get him pass reps because he does need to learn to pass. The season's over. It doesn't matter. And if you just put him back there and have him throw on three every single time, even if you just excuse interceptions, just excuse anything can go wrong, it might be better for his development than running him 10, 15, 20 times a game where he gets you know hurt and can't play the next week. And yep. I, I doubt they'll do anything that extreme. But I do think they'll do something kind of like that and limit his exposure outside the pocket a little bit. So um, I think the Packers are pretty protected in this game from a lot of their weaknesses, and they should be fine. The Bears are truly terrible. I I don't understand why Aaron Rodgers is going to play in this game because there's a good chance they win with Jordan Love, which would be a pretty pretty cool thing, I would think. He's going to be in cold weather in Chicago. He is coming off of an injury that took him out of the game. He has another injury that is possibly very bad in his thumb. And (laughs) like, it doesn't have to be season ending, but of all the weeks, I don't understand why this is the one that Aaron Rodgers absolutely wants to be back to play for. Like, I I don't know why the Packers aren't like sit out a week, just sit down Aaron Rodgers. We're not like benching you for the season or whatever. Just, just give it a break, give it a rest because the, the season's over at worst case scenario you lose the game oh well you're one step closer to a top five pick in the NFL draft like you're not I, I realize there's still that infant infant what's the word infinitesimal 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 uh possibility that they still make the playoffs but come on come on I don't you know that it. oh I was gonna say you know that meme of men will do anything but go to therapy uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will do anything but let Jordan Love play quarterback. I think that's right. And this is, I think, in, in, Aaron, in Aaron's mind, a chance for easy stats um, to, to pad his totals a little bit. It's a low-risk game where he's not going to be facing a fierce pass rush or a fierce defense at all. 
And if you let Love play this game in particular, it might make the rest of your season look quite bad in retrospect. So he's not letting that happen. I think that's a lot of it. This is a lot of Aaron ego and a lot of Aaron work product protection by, by going out and not letting Love play in this game in particular. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. All right. Um, Should we get to questions? Let's Let's, go. Let's do it. There's so many. Let's ride. All right. We'll start with, uh, of course, Patreon questions. Patrons get question priority here on reporting as eligible. Mark Putscarby, shout out to me. Uh, We're starting with this. I'm disappointed (laughs) that JR wasn't on the podcast last week when the Hunter Renfro trade broke. (laughs) Would love to have heard his immediate reaction, but on to the question, which, by the way, I was driving to Kentucky as you were podcasting. So the trade broke while I was driving to Kentucky. I'm somewhere in southern Indiana. Shout out to Tyler Brooke and uh, saw the little alert on my phone. (laughs) But, you know, as I was driving, I didn't want to, like, investigate it too much. So I saw Hunter Renfro traded for pitchers. And, like, that's all I could see on the alert. So I'm just like, man. Who do the Angels have? Like, who who's somebody that, that that could really help them next year? And then I saw the names. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> Jansen oh, Chung. No, I mean that's a terrible name. In addition to just be, and I mean he might contribute. I don't, I don't know. But it was. It's just uh, asking for you to make fun of it ten years from now. That's it, that's why that's this exactly trade right. exists. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. So, uh, Mark, Mark, on to your actual question. Uh, if you had to build a football team of only 11 current Packer players, all 11 play on every step on offense, defense, and special teams, what 11 Packers would you choose? And what is the highest level of competition that team could be? What a very specific question. I don't know to go one at a time or if we need to just put a bunch together, but I can I can go first. Um, I, I would go with... Um, most of the offensive line, um, let's assume Gary's hurt. Um, oh, you you're, you want to have fun with this. I'll, I'll go quick. Um, mostly because the offensive line will do about as good as the defensive line does, um, because the defensive line is terrible. Um, and I will take Jair as a receiver, um, so that's fine. I'll take Watson, obviously, as a receiver as well. Uh, um, and 
other than that, I'm, I think I'm going mostly offense um, and not too much defense, even though the defense is got some talent on it. But like, what are you going to put Adrian Amos at? Um, it, that's tough. Christian Watson can be back at third safety and catch bombs. That's totally fine. Um, but uh, I, I think I'm going mostly the offense. The only problem there is quarterback, of course, where you can't really feel that guy as a defensive player, which is your big weakness in the, in the second part of the question. Um, so... Uh, I'm going everybody, but adding Jair as a cornerback, everybody on offense, no other changes. Um, and uh, they could beat all high school teams for sure. And I think most college teams, because uh, the difference between NFL players and college players is still just a, just a huge, huge amount. Uh, and um, while they might struggle against like Alabama or the big wigs, they're going to still destroy like most, most middle tier teams without any problem. So no, th- that's that. Uh, I- I'm leaning on offense here. I want to score points, play from ahead, and uh, I can just rely on the athleticism of offensive players to get the rest done. I, I cut out, but did you guys add Keyshawn Nixon? I didn't, got, but probably get should. Nixon on that team. Need him for special teams, team. so that's a good point. Yeah. Cut A.J. Dillon for Keyshawn Nixon. That's That works. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. Um. Yeah, and you know, from a if we want to get really technical about it, well, they're, they're going to get hurt, so it's going to be it's going to be a crap show, even even against college teams. Yeah. But uh, now I feel like I'm just I'm not I'm not appreciating the exercise enough. So, <laughs> all right, Jay Google says, did they make a mistake in not trading Aaron Jones at the deadline, considering he may not be back next year? I think that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I, I'll 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 take this the the controversial, yes, because. Aaron Jones is awesome, and he's a running back, and he won't be on the next good Packer team, and he won't age well because no running backs do. And he is, I want, he is awesome, but you could have gotten some value for him, and it would have been fine and helped your tanking. Now, if they rally him back and make the playoffs on the running game, I'll look stupid for this, but no, you don't want to hold on to running backs too long. They should have traded him. I'm a heartless GM who doesn't care for running backs no matter what. Draft them in day three and don't resign them. Absolutely, uh, that's what I do. <laughs> I just think it's completely defensible, though, because for one thing, they probably already knew Kylan Hill wasn't going to be it um, if if they had no problems parting ways with him when they did. Uh, so th- there's a there's a, a, a scarcity of talent at the running back room for, no- for if nothing else. Secondly, like they sold, you know, like they, they went all out to win this season. This is you know, this is a, an investment they made. And that would be a heck of a surrender that early in the season where the trade deadline was even though things were not looking good and not pointing in the right direction, they were still very much alive for the postseason. They just, if they they turn the ship around, I just think that would have been, I just think it's completely defensible that they did nothing. Now, obviously in retrospect, yeah, they should have traded everybody because they're going to suck next year anyway, too. So like who's, 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 who's not on the table, but, uh, but I, I just, I don't know how they could have done it then. It just just wasn't right. The NFL should move the deadline back. It, it doesn't get action because it's too early. And if it was three weeks later, it would have been a different story. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, you're either a smart fella or a fart smeller. Am I imagining things, or does Jordan Love just look better throwing the ball than he had before? It seems like his release is quicker, he has more poise, and almost even had a bit of Rodgers-esque sling to his passes that he didn't before. How much hopium do you suppose I'm inhaling to be getting even remotely excited (laughs) by his one quarter of play? This is the same game that happened in 2006 when Aaron Rodgers came in against the Cowboys with, uh, with Favre out. And uh, everyone was like, oh, he might not suck after all. That's nice. I don't think the release was quicker, but I definitely think the footwork was better. The it was the accuracy was there. And um, yeah, you just seem more confident. Yeah. 
he looked like a natural playing at the position. I think his release actually did look a little quicker, but it, it first of all, it's judgment call, and second of all, he had the slowest release ever. So um, even a, a minor tick up would still be slow, but it's not a strength. Um, but uh, but yeah, he 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 looked good. He was powering it in. He has a great arm, and he looked like a confident actual quarterback and not just a robot executing on orders. So yeah, good to see. Gosh, it is so you know a what if so, Romeo, Do- Romeo Dobbs not being here it's such a what if if you want to dream a little bit on love like a little bit um I, I wrote a piece actually a couple summers ago now um about quarterback development it was three parts and one of the pieces in it was a bit of film study that was done by a guy named Tim Dix who doesn't do this anymore and I wish he did who quantified um all of the quarterbacks of the last uh, let's see, four years, when, given when he wrote the piece, uh, based on basically counting frames of tape and distances that the ball traveled um, and doing calculations based on that. He's worked with Rob Arthur, the baseball prospectus guy who can always tell when the ball is juiced based on its spin rate, based off of frame analysis on TV broadcasts, and basically did the same thing for quarterbacks. And um, Jordan Love, uh, since b- between 2016 and 2020, had uh, through the fourth hardest ball amongst quarterbacks drafted in that time period. Josh Allen was first at 63 miles per hour. Jordan Love's 59. Uh, Jordan Love's release time, though, um, is very much like Allen's, and his trigger time, which is the amount of time it takes him to um, deliver the ball once he makes his read, is even slower. Um, that was a Josh Allen problem as well. And that one, the trigger time, is specifically what Josh Allen fixed. Um, usually you can't fix processing time and accuracy with quarterbacks. Uh, Allen did. He's the one exception to that. Um, Love in this game, in this very small sample size, once he made his read, was very quick to deliver the ball. Now, he still has his big long arms, and it takes him forever to actually throw the thing, but he was much more decisive. And if you can fix that, that's like two-thirds of the way to a pretty good quarterback. So something to keep an eye on in future games is, See when he locks onto a guy and how long it takes him to get the ball out after that. The faster that is, the better for love going forward. PJ Wessel says, what's more likely for the 2023 season? Jim Leonard as defensive coordinator or Jordan Love starts at least nine games. Which would you choose? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, boy. Leonard. Yeah, I, don't, I think Roger. I think Rogers comes back. I do, too. Um, I'll go with Leonard as well, and I would choose that as well. And I think Rodgers comes back too because he can. He control. He has all the cards here. So I think that's. I also play. would play football for one more year for sixty million dollars. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think the bottom line too is Aaron Rodgers will give them a better chance to win next year than Jordan Love. I can't say that with a hundred percent certainty, but it's still probable. In all likelihood, that... yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and and next year, if if Rodgers is truly bad they will have a little more leverage to sit him because, you know, there's they're not on the hook for for another year with him. Yeah. So I think and, I think they might get bolder. And I'll take the I'll take any defensive coordinator aside from Joe Barry as a potential upgrade. Like that <laughs> is the biggest difference maker they could do. This is like your coaching version of the running back now. Just draft him in the third round. You don't have to worry about it. Just anything. <laughs> Anything is an improvement now. Ryan Ziegler says in the NFC North, it's a race to the bottom. Who ends up with the best draft slot? Because it's possible that Love ruins a tank with competent quarterback play. Should Rodgers go on IR? Yeah, the Bears are going to they're gonna finish at the bottom. Yeah, the Packers are still going to finish in second because the Packers' schedule for the rest of the year is trash except for Miami. Um, Minnesota, yes, is fine, but they are 
Look, Minnesota is just the luckiest team of all time. They have gotten every break. They have won a ton of one-score games. Their penalties are way out of whack. They're going to get crushed by regression at some point and probably in time for the Packers to steal that game. So the Packers are going to win quite a few more games, I think, and be a mediocre team, not a terrible team. So, yeah, it's going to be the Bears at the bottom. They're atrocious. I uh, I hate to say it, but uh, I'm I'm hoping for a couple more games so they don't try and talk themselves into taking a quarterback. I would rather <laughs> I would rather address some other positions. Actually, I'm with, for the mega tank. For I'm with you because they're in a like the eighth. I feel like eight is a bad spot to be a quarterback. Looking in this draft, you could really hurt yourself bad. Um, I'm with yep. you on that. I want to be either be number one or like not close to the top at all. That's it. Uh. In limited draft talk conversations with Justice, I think we've planted our flag on the guy, and that is Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, who is a six-seven edge rusher, and you just need to watch him. Uh, it makes no sense. It makes no sense <laughs> what he does. That's very tall. Okay. Who are the to refresh my memory? Who are the quarterbacks that need to be tanked for in twenty twenty four? Drake May and uh, Caleb Williams are the two right now. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Caleb Williams. Almost a badger, Almost. according to according to rumor, yep. and uh, now he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, old man on a bike in Sherlington is back. Hello. Yes, let's go. I'm an old man on a bike who appreciates the Packers' commitments to my contemporaries. <laughs> that being love. old people, <laughs> just love the bit. I love it. Rogers, Crosby, and myself all share one thing in common: physical decline. <laughs> I am reminded of this daily on my commute when a bunch of Generation Zers, Gen Zers, pass me on my bike path. My pride insists they must be using e-bikes, but in my heart, I know they are not. <laughs> wow. Watching the Packers play the Eagles brought me these th- brought these thoughts to the fore. Roger seems to have much of the contractual leverage at this point, so I wonder if he will just keep coming back over the rest of his contract to cash his ridiculous checks. I would. Or does his pride make him retire since he's nowhere near the top of his game and younger quarterbacks have taken much of the spotlight that used to belong to him? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is – I really am with you guys. He's, he's not going to retire here. Nope. I think if there's one thing that I wouldn't call Aaron Rodgers' biggest strength, it's self-awareness. So I'm gonna... <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, also, no... let's let's also like, why did Tom Brady walk away? Because of his family, and he turned his back on that. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't even. I mean, obviously, live your life however you want. The man doesn't even have a family nope. to, to like walk away from or not walk away from. So like, he's. He's in this thing, right? And he's not going to retire the same time Tom Brady does. He's We've not. talked about that before. Yeah. He is not going to share that Hall of Fame stage. No, he's not. And he'll be back for all those reasons. He'll get paid a lot. He has nobody pulling him away from the game. And he's not going to be the warm-up for Tom Brady at the Hall of Fame. It's not going to happen. So, yeah, he's coming back. He probably should retire, but he's not going to. I mean, this is a guy who comes on every Tuesday and has like a 40-minute conversation <laughs> with Pat McAfee. <laughs> He loves this. He loves the spotlight. He loves the game in in weird ways. He this is like this is his identity, man. And I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'm trying to I, I'm crossing over into like psychoanalyzing, which is which is crazy to do with this particular person, but also in general. So it's probably just take it for what it's worth. But like this dude, this dude does not sound like somebody who's like gassed. He's ready for no. this over and over and over again until he gets exactly the situation he wants on his way out. He should retire and take over Coast to Coast AM. That's what he should do. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, he's so he's so weird. Tim Brown, Tim Brown. Uh Paul has always held that we're seeing we've seen nothing from Jordan Love that would lead you to believe he can be a successful NFL quarterback. Did that change Sunday night? That's his first question. Yes, it did. He was good. It looked it's something to build off of. It's a small sample size. He might still suck, 
but he looked he looked good for the first time. So it's better than not looking good. I'll, right. I'll tell you what. I think it was his first throw. Uh, Darius slow to throw to his primary read, and he caught wind of that and he hit did. the check down. Yep, that was um, that's a mature play. I was it, impressed. It was really well done. Um, and uh, I saw that on Tyler's tweet thread of film film breakdown, which you should all go watch. But yeah, he uh, he didn't get tricked. Aaron got tricked in the game. Jordan Jordan Love did not get tricked in the game. Hmm. Also, I just saw today for the first time um, Jordan Love sticking his tongue out on one of those throws. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was incredible. Yep. I loved that. Yeah, that was that was a fun little nugget. But also, uh, I don't know. Again, a nice a nice sign that he's a little more comfortable than he used to be. Uh, Tim's second question: How soon is Jim Leonard the uh, defensive coordinator in Green Bay, or does he? A lot of Jim Leonard there? questions. I mean, the, if you could be here, Tyler, you could understand the love and the, the Jim Leonard is Wisconsin. You yep. know, like former walk on from tiny a tiny town in Wisconsin, Tony, Wisconsin, who became you know has elevated. There's a lot of people who are stunned that he's not the coach. Even the people who understand why they would fire Luke Fickle, he is so beloved in this state. And for a guy who turned down a defensive coordinator job to go back to Madison, I mean, that's like, that's hardcore to, yeah. to be a coordinator, not to be head coach, to be a coordinator. So, like, there's there's still people who think he might stay on staff. No, uh, way, Luke, oh, what, no of course not. <laughs> of course not. But, like, that that sentiment has not has not completely left the fan base. So, uh, yeah, I think people really b- believe in the fit there. And uh, And I don't know, maybe, but it's a little too obvious for it to actually happen at this point, I think. I don't know if we're breaking any news here, but we got uh, a little wind that Fickle might be bringing a different defensive coordinator to Wisconsin. Oh, I didn't know that, but that doesn't surprise me. Of course yeah. he would. Of course he would. Um, Keith Keskinen asks if Jordan Love is him, capital H, he, w- <laughs> he will be, and I will take no further questions. That's in parenthetical. During the last few games of the season, would you be willing to take on the 40 million cap, 40 million cap hit in 2023 that comes with trading Rogers for draft picks in 2023? So the problem with that, right, is the it's going to have to be twenty twenty four picks because you can't realistically trade him until after June first. That's correct. That is the big problem. The logistical problem with this move is it has to come post June first. So, um, yeah, you can't. Uh, it, it devalues things a little bit. Um, but uh, I mean, if Jordan Love, if you if he like plays like an MVP for the rest of the season, and you are convinced that that's going to be, then you then you pick up his option, which he still has, and you do that with Rodgers, and you trade him for future, future, future picks. Yeah, you do that. But uh, I still don't think that that will happen, and uh, <laughs> um, it, it's it's tough. Rodgers holds a lot of cards here. He's kind of got to help you with all this stuff. Um, it, it, retiring or trading, he can be a huge pain and dictate a lot of things. So he doesn't have no trade clause, but he's Aaron Rodgers, and he can be a huge pain in the ass regardless of that. <laughs> So um, it's just logistically difficult to trade him and get value. My favorite uh, suggestion was Archon in our Slack suggesting that we just collude with the team, have them pick for us with the picks Which that we've already fascinating. <laughs> it's theoretically not illegal, right? It's, you can just tell them <laughs> we want these players with these picks, it's and not. then uh, we'll trade you Rogers. You should be able to do that. There's no rule against oh, it. it. It sounds risky as hell. That sounds like a terrible idea. Although I know what happens in the NBA, sort of. Um, so I should have finished Keith's thought. He said he messed around with SpotTrack's team management tool, was able to trade Rodgers and make a few cuts and restructures to secure about $12 million in cap space. Didn't include trading Bakhtiari or other potential vets. Uh, how much would you want in terms of 2023 picks to take the cap hit of a pre-June 1st trade? But <laughs> you guys are saying... Can't do it. Not happening. Yeah. All you right. Bet, you can't feel the team. Like, it's too hard. 
Dr. Hillbilly says Jair Alexander looks not great this season. Same with Kenny Clark, Brazil, Darnell Savage, and a whole host of other vets who are under contract next year. Setting aside Mr. Special Case, the quarterback himself, all capitalized, what longtime vets would you try to foist off on other teams in exchange for shiny new draft picks? <laughs> it's I keep looking at the cap sheet and like you can, even if you trade a lot of these guys, you're still taking on massive cap hits. Yeah. They have to field a football team next year. Yep. And you're not going to get quality picks. Right? Yeah, you're you're selling them for pennies on the dollar and then you're losing cap space to try and field a 53 man roster like it's not going to be able to be done. It's not. And and you might be able to maybe do one or two. Um, yeah. Take the dead cap hit, but that you're very limited. Like you kind of got to pick your spots to that because the dead cap hit is so like we talked about Kenny Clark last week. If you do that, he still has a massive dead cap hit next year. And so you can do like him if you can get good value for it, but then you can't do anybody else because you have to have enough money to actually field an NFL football team, which is very difficult to do. Um, so not there's not a lot here that you can. Savage is probably the one that you can move the easiest, but he's not worth very much. He's he's pretty crappy. <laughs> um, so that um, it's it, they're in a bad situation. It's going to be hard to get value for just about anybody. Um, that 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 is you know somebody you would want to move on from. Um, you could trade valuable people, but you can't trade the washed up guys. It's not going to be movable. Would uh, as we look back the Rasul Douglas deal, I feel like might have been a misstep. Is, would you do that one again if you had the chance? I actually would. I don't think he's been yeah. that, okay. I, I don't think he's been that bad. I'd love to see him with a different coordinator. And um, I, yeah, okay. I, I think he's actually a fine. They've they've been so much worse at cornerback than Rasul Douglas in the past. He's okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Tom Hates says, it seems the Packers have been terrible against the run for the last few years. With the Eagles game being a clear example, they also seem to allow quarterbacks to set rushing records every time they play a mobile quarterback. I went back and looked and they finished in the top 10 in rush DVOA only three times in the last 20 years and have an average rush DVOA rank of 20th. Why have the Packers been so bad against the run and unable to find some way to fix this? They said we have Ken or we have Dean Lowry. We don't need to add D lineman. That happened for eight. How many years? Eight. Yep. Eight. So I mean, some of this is what you talked about, where being bad against the run doesn't necessarily negate you as being a good football team, and and that's proven out for the Packers. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of it is by design. Uh, and when you have to pay Aaron market rates every once in a while, you're not going to be able to pay everybody on the rest of the team to be good in every aspect of the rest of football. That's where they've chosen to be bad more often than not. Um, Dom Capers, I think, was an early recognizer of the efficiency of not spending a lot on rush defense. It's just that they, they they have these seasons where they're not just bad, but atrocious in run defense. You can be bad. It, the, the trick is not being one of the worst teams in the league, and that happens too much, and that's why they get burned so badly um, by... That's something that could be biting the Eagles in the butt here in the is. coming weeks. Uh, they, the, the Eagles have definitely been exposed the same way. The Packers ran with impunity. They've had this problem all season as well. They're 26th against the run in DVOA. Uh, they're probably worse now. I actually haven't looked... Um, that they came into this game 26th in DVOA. So, um, but that's why a lot of times when you start to hit cap issues, it's the first thing to go. Um, it's just, uh, you got to cut somewhere and it's usually one of the first things to get cut. Uh, Justin saying based on tankathon looks like we have the complete, complete control over having the second worst record in the NFL, or at least tied for it. What strategy can we deploy to ensure we landed top three pick? Danny Etling season. Yeah, Just that, skip over it. Jordan Love entirely. You'd have to actually try to lose. Um, they're going to have a, a serious problem doing it. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about Danny Etling. I, I I maintain the practice squad roster every week, and I still haven't thought about him in a long time, man. 
Uh, all right, they're, they're um, too they're too good in their schedules. Too bad to to do too poorly without actively tanking. Nick H says, I'm pretty sure I saw the Eagles right guard with long hair facing left instead of forward pre-snap during the first quarter. In the moment, I assume that was illegal or he simply jumped early or he got stuck looking left and simply had to freeze until the ball was snapped. Maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me. Can you either confirm or deny what I saw? Is this sort of thing allowed? I mean, no flag was tossed, so I assume so, but it did look strange. Does that happen where linemen get caught looking, I guess, right? They get distracted and then they're kind of frozen in place until the ball is snapped for those couple seconds. So if, yeah, I'm not sure what he's referring to. Yeah, but. I should have gone and looked at this. I did, I didn't see it on play or replay. But facing left can mean a lot of things. Like head turned, yeah, because they're looking at the ball a lot of the time to see it move. But like facing left sounds like actually lined up, not facing forward, and that I'm not as sure about. Um, it's probably legal. Um, uh, I guess I I don't. I can't think of any like set just means on the line of scrimmage in your stance. And I don't think that it there's a prescribed way that you have to be on the line of scrimmage other than in your stance. So I think it's legal, but mm. don't know. Don't know why you do it. Don't know what's going on there. I'll go look for it and see if I can post a, a picture of it if I can find it, but not sure. It's weird. Maybe they, maybe they're onto something. I, this is where the, the game often alludes, certainly eludes me and other people. The the rules around line of scrimmage, the neutral zone, you know, various <laughs> very guys with their hands down or not. Like, there's so many nuances to that rules and and strategy and and stunts and everything. It's it can get very complicated. Don't uh, don't tell my head head coaches, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sounds good. K times seven says Joe Barry has made all of his best players disappear. Does he qualify as a magician? I'm asking on behalf of magicians, local 385th. We deserve <laughs> to be taken seriously. Um, oh my gosh. Outstanding reference. He is a magician. He is, he's turned something into nothing, which is physically impossible. <laughs> Patrick Detmer says, which would you deem to be less effective, Sean Ryan, the player, or the performance enhancing substances for which Sean Ryan tested? Uh, <laughs> if you great. are going to get caught, you have to be better than Sean Ryan. That's just the one thing. You're taking a huge risk if you suck Ender on PEDs. No, don't, don't do that. Well, I think well, maybe it was just a suggestion that what if they actually switched the drug test with him and AJ Dillon? <laughs> Oh, that's a good thought. Yeah. Like, Sean Ryan, you're not going to play this year. You need to take one for this team, my friend. <laughs> I, uh, I I am so confused by Sean Ryan because I or when they drafted him, I was kind of excited. Uh, he was a pretty solid left tackle for UCLA. I mean, he was first team all Pac-12 and, you know, it is the Pac-12, but like pretty dang good. I'm a little surprised that this has been such a disaster, but I should have known as soon as he was drafted in the third round. Yeah, the third round, the place, the, the there's always dark wasteland. In the third round. <laughs> Layla Joel Osmond says, "What is reasonable expectation for this defense under new management? In other words, what is the presumed variance associated with the Barry coefficient? <laughs> like, if if this team brings in a new coordinator, are they could they instantly be better next year? Same same guys. I think D-line's they, still the problem. D line still a problem. They have holes, and the holes aren't going to get better, especially because Gary's not going to be back to start the season." But I do think they will instantly be better. Yes, they'll get a, they, they will get a balance. I think that Joe Barry is a sub replacement level defensive coordinator, and that they will get almost an immediate uptick from an average defensive coordinator. Uh, like no question, like top fifth, not top fifth, like 
15th-ish defense immediately with nothing else. Uh, Nick H said, we've seen Jordan Love throw some ducks in the past, but the majority of the passes last night were high-velocity spirals. Do you think he just needed a little adrenaline to step things up, considering his playing time in the past has either been garbage time or preseason snaps? I think ripping it's mostly about confidence. Like It's just knowing where you're going with the ball and then just having the the actual confidence to not aim it, to actually throw it. And uh, that's what he was doing, and that's why he actually looked like uh, that power was back from what it was in college. I had to watch Matt Ryan panic in the pocket and try and deliver with velocity. And buddy, let me tell you, he did not. <laughs> Scarf 21 says, seems like we're in for a rebuild offseason once the season comes to a close. If you were the GM, how would you navigate the rebuild? Who goes, who stays, and who are the newcomers? Tell Rodgers to retire and mega tank for 2024. Yeah, it's Just really try out a bunch of stuff. And one thing the Packers have going for them in terms of a rebuild is the cap situation, where even if Rodgers continues to come back, and he, he can continue to come back, he will eventually just cripple them so much that they can't field anything but a tank team. Uh, that, like, if he comes back two years from now, that cap hit is uh, they'll restructure him and do some pushing out again. But um, that they're, they're going to have a real hard time fielding a real NFL team uh, the more longer this goes on. So um, it's going to take care of itself for the most part. They will go through a fairly large turnover. They will hopefully protect young, useful future guys. Um, but that's all. That's all you do is. You take a cap hit on a bad year. You start to move your veterans out for the ones that won't be good when the rebuild is complete. And uh, the cap situation is going to do a lot of work for them because they're going to have tough decisions to make. And uh, there's there's no way around it. The NFL cap is is uh, the NFL cap. It's tough. Price Trozen says, since we have added Sean Ryan to the third round bus pile, what do you think of this idea? I propose the Packers look for the highest Raz player possible, no matter his position, <laughs> and just go on that alone for the next year's third round. Third round is jinxed anyhow, so I say go full Costanza and get nuts. I mean, aren't they already kind of doing that anyway in many cases? They're just taking the highest Raz guy on the board? Maybe I think they should take their... They should do the other Costanza theory where if every instinct of your has is wrong, then the opposite must be correct, yeah. and take the lowest guy on their board in the third round to see what happens. I think... The third round is just the round of guys scouts liked with problems, and uh, that's who's left from your first two round evaluations. And and uh, I don't even know that, like how to fix this other than I would start looking at high ceiling fourth round guys and maybe move them up a little bit. And I think that would be how I would fix it. I would I would add extra weight to the deficiencies of my third round scouting picks and add extra benefits to the. Um, to the positives of my fourth and fifth round, and that's what I would do. <sighs> this is still random. They're gonna they're, next guy they draft in the third round is gonna be a Hall of Famer. I'm calling it right now. It'll be Michael um, Penix. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah I love let's it. ride. Let's all go. right. Let's, let's move to Twitter questions. We've had a lot of them today, so we're almost done. Jonathan Deal, how long can a player's coach like Matt continue to support an unpopular coordinator until the locker room turns against him? Might have already done it. Might have already happened. It's, At least with Barry, not I don't know about the player. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things you just don't know unless you're in the locker room, pretty it's, much. It's not, yeah. but credibility does become an issue at some point. If somebody's not doing their job, you can only stick up with them so long, and they're getting to that point for sure. I wonder how. I mean, this is, you know, just the era we're in. The, the players are online. Their families are online. It, it's not college. They're not like kids, so they're not maybe as malleable or impressionable. But like. I'm sure everyone on that team knows how the outside world views Joe Barry. And, you know, that that probably sinks in to some degree. I don't know how much 
the head coach has to deal with that, with that, like, here's what's, here's what's out there, but here's what we know. And here's how, what we believe, things like that. I mean, there's so much for a head coach to have to deal with. I don't, I don't know how, how they're able to balance all of it. Lucky on Twitter says love needs to be optioned by May. Rogers ideally shouldn't retire until after June 1st to break his deal across two seasons. So that gives Rogers all of May to blow up the franchise, right? Kind of, kind of. Yes. Um, the timing on the the fifth year for Jordan and Aaron, the ability to do stuff with Aaron is, is tricky, and it gives Aaron a lot of potential to mess things up if he decides to do retirement or, or trade. So maybe, yeah, good observation. It's possible that May could be a little dicey. They're going to pick up that fifth-year option because they can't realistically believe they're going to contend in 2023. So I don't... I don't. I don't know why they would. Why they would just you like also pick it up because cut, cut costs there. You try and make them into an asset too. Like right. Worst case, you do that. All right. Uh, from Crow Pack Crow, is Hunter Renfro playing baseball for the Brewers or football for the Raiders? On a more serious note, does it make sense to put Crosby on IR and test Ahmed in the remaining five games, or the long-term kicker solution needs to be found in the off-season? For example, by through the draft. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. It absolutely makes sense to you, but they won't do it because yeah. uh, it's a legacy thing. Yep, yep. They're, they're going to let Mason go off into the sunset, kicking for the team, not getting the ball to the end zone, um, kicking his field goals halfway up the posts instead of all the way to the top of the post like he used to, and uh, they do need to fix it next year. It's a, it's bad. It's very bad. Mason should have retired at the end of last year. He can't kick anymore. So, yeah, you're right, but they won't They'll keep him this is such an individual aspect of the sport. Like you don't need reps with, to, to get on the same page with your teammates. You don't need, you know, if kickers kickers like come out of the womb, either good or not good. So I don't think you really need to even worry about it yet. There's, you don't, you don't need to like get a guy, get a guy reps to be good. Either they, either somebody just appears out of thin air and, yeah. and will, will save them or won't be, you know, like there's, there's no, no draft, need here. draft Michigan's kicker. All will Yeah. Be, that's all you want to do. The the Colts cut their kicker in the middle of the season and just found a guy just waiting out there. And I watched him drill like a 53-yarder last week, and he's been good all year. I feel like teams make kicker scouting way harder than it needs to be, <laughs> uh, honestly. like it, Most of it's about leg strength and accuracy. There's nuance to it. It's definitely a skill, but uh, it's a, a skill you can't really judge over a one-season sample. And like most kickers are going to be okay at it with a big enough leg. Like the legs, the hard thing to get, just do that. And then just train accuracy. That's fine. All right. We're done. Um, we're done. We're done before we go. JR, anything to plug? We've been writing a lot about Luke fickle and, uh, and the Badgers <laughs> uh, coaching change. I think we, I think I saw earlier today, we had 11 stories on our site with Luke fickle's name in the headline and then two other related stories. So there is a ton, a ton, a ton on the Badger situation, that's that's obviously the hot uh, the hot item right now. So, just doing a little writing about that. I uh, had a couple uh, my, myself had a couple Badger stories. I did re- try to refresh my uh, Packer the 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 number of starting quarterbacks that the pack that the Chicago Bears have had in the Favre Rogers era since this could theoretically be the final Aaron Rodgers game against the Bears. Uh, do you guys know what that number is? How many quarterbacks now that Trevor Simeon has joined that illustrious fraternity? I I don't. I know I know from the '85 Super Bowl to now but i don't know um the aaron Rodgers Favre era because i wrote a song about it so that's right that's right 
Uh, 36, 36 quarterbacks have started games for the Bears since Brett Favre took the helm. Now, there are other, of course, quarterbacks for the Packers besides Favre and Rodgers who've started games. Jordan Love, uh, Seneca Wallace has one. There's a, you know, there's a few others in there, but uh, Matt Flynn, of course, I think has the most, but, uh, but yeah, that's a tough scene. So uh, I'm not sure if it'll be Simeon or, or Justin Fields on Sunday, but, uh, but Dustin dusting that one off, refreshing it and getting it ready for, for public consumption again, as the Packers take on the bears, Nathan Peterman lurking too, and almost started last week. And that needs to happen. The Peterman. There's no way that that's an NFL bit, right? Like there is collusion and the collusion is to continue the Nathan Peterman thing that he will continue to get starts, even though nobody, nobody, no one believes that he should still be getting starts over i'm sure there are plenty of other capable guys who could who could get those opportunities he's, before him. he's some kind of gm fantasy leagues loser trophy that's what he is <laughs> what a great way to put it oh man uh it's it's wild the nathan peterman bit we're gonna be talking about it in like 2030 he's still gonna be in the league <laughs> he probably will probably will tyler anything um, we talked about it a little bit on here, but uh, I did a whole Twitter thread on every single throw Jordan Love made just because I was very curious to go back. Uh, if you want a little bit more detail instead of checking on Twitter, I did write uh, the film study up on Acme Packing Company. Uh, I didn't watch any other film from this game because uh, I'm just kind of numb at this point. <laughs> I usually watch the film of the entire game, but like this, talking about, the, I was like, I can watch the defense. I was like, do I really want to watch the defense give up 363 yards again? I couldn't bring myself to do it. Hopefully it's a little better uh, next week, but uh, I think we're in burnout stage. We're getting near the yeah, end of the season. Uh, high school football is over. Um, I'm just, I'm tired, man. I'm ready for a little break. Amen to that. Um, I have my, uh, my recap up in the shepherd express. You can read that right now. Um, I will write something for the site for the rest of the week, but I'll like Tyler. I'm suffering from burnout as well. And Tyler, Tyler, since you uh-oh. weren't here last week, you missed my question for you. I, had, I I wasn't here last week either, but I left a question for you because uh, Monroe won the high school football title. Oh, in Wisconsin. yes, I saw this. You heard it. You heard it. Okay. So what are we going to what does it take to get Carmel against Apple Valley, the Carmel Apple Bowl? What, how, how are we going to make that happen? Oh, I don't know. We do play out of state teams. We played uh, right? we played Trinity in Louisville, Kentucky every year. Uh, we played MLK in Detroit. Uh, last year, and then we played I, another Detroit team this year. Uh, really, I'm a little worried about the budget. Then I'm not sure you're going to make it to Minnesota. That's a tough. Minnesota is pretty far. Yeah. yeah. Pretty far. Fun fact, though, last season we did play Dante Moore, who was a five-star quarterback that's now going to Oregon. So Ooh. shout out Justice. Nice. That's cool. That is cool. Um, All right. That good. Also, I'm glad we got to the caramel apple question because <laughs> I, I was sad last week. Um, all right. Last thing from me. Um, uh, next week uh, during the bye week, um, if Matt finishes my art, Matt finish my art, uh, I'll I'll have a game that I'm writing for the site uh, called Big 12's RP Woe, which is an RPO simulator. So keep an eye out for that too. That's it. We're we done. did it. Yep. Uh, uh, we'll be uh, mini pod. Will of course be later this week, probably on Friday, and we'll be back next week to recap the Bears. However that goes, hopefully we'll still be alive. Uh, but uh, enjoy the game. Chances help gave me to save me from myself. Spectacles painted with my shaking hand. Fingers and paints and paints we brought.
we need And when we're not Flying the flags of new air 